The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon to everyone on the East Coast, and good morning to everyone on the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. You know, before I start, I want to put in a really um, important pitch and plug for Voice America Variety, and they didn't ask me to do this. I've been with Voice America about eight years now, and uh, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to hear the positive, to hear information on so many subjects that will help you to enrich your life. So listen to my show each week at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and to the other shows on Voice America Variety as well as their other channels. Today we are talking about finding the right relationship. For those of you who are single, um, we're talking to a well-known relationship coach, and his question is, are you tired of being alone? And he has developed a roadmap to finding and sustaining love. And my guest today is Dane Colby, and Dane Colby is a practicing relationship and well-being coach. He encourages clients to seek personal fulfillment by honoring their desires in conscious win-win relationships. Dane is also the author of 101 Choices on My Path to Well-Being and Maps to Love. He's received the Competent Communicator Award from Toastmasters International and leads groups exploring healthy sexuality and key relationship skills. Welcome, Dane. Well, thank you very much, Patricia. Uh, you know, um, before we start about tired of being alone, you know, there are a lot of people alone who aren't happy because they want a partner. There are also a lot of people alone who are happy. And there are couples that are together for years and uh, aren't happy. So before we go to people being single, let's talk about some of the reasons that couples today may feel more frustrated in their relationship goals than maybe prior generations where people stayed together for 50 or 60 years, whether they liked it or not. Indeed. Well, I think that one of the biggest shifts is that the media over the last hundred years has shifted the role of relationship from being one of raising children and uh, being a good religious family to uh, the ideal of individual personal fulfillment and ecstasy. Mm. And as this is portrayed in various movies and uh, I guess put out there in, in any number of books, 
there's a pressure to have more excellence, more flow, more ease, more ecstasy in our relationships. But at the same time, the technology, the research and development to create those relationships for most people is similar to what it was 1,000 to 2,000 years ago. Mm. So you look at something like nuclear technology, and we've poured trillions of dollars into the development of the relationship just between one atom. And there have been, you know, people go and develop whole careers around developing that relationship to create a scientific and predictable response in the relationship within one atom. And then you take two human beings, which are billions of atoms and so many more dimensions, and we throw people together and expect there to be this magical, predictable alchemy of excellence without that kind of training. Mm. So I, I think that creates dissatisfaction, a lack of research, a lack of investment in conscious, excellent relationships, while simultaneously increasing the expectations exponentially. Well, here's my question. You know, we see so much sexuality, sensuality, and movements falling in love. Um, are our expectations too high? Do we want too much chemistry? Should we be looking more at what our forefathers looked at, which was family and religion and solidity? I mean, what, what, what do you see, Dane, there? Well, I think the, trub- the trouble is not do we want too much or should we have... I think the trouble is the gap between research and development and and investment and expectations. If you take a typist who wants to type at 60 words per minute and has received no training and is typing at five words per minute, uh, the question, do they want too much? They want too much if they don't want to take a typing course for three solid months to get to that point of typing at 60 words per minute. On the other hand, uh, which is better? It depends on how important it is. I personally think that relationships are very important and desire is a valuable fuel. However, it leads to frustration if that desire is not channeled in intelligent investments in skills and quality time together to actually create that. If you, I'm a landscaper as well, and so if, I, if my clients say, I want this fabulous uh, landscape and I want to give you a few hundred bucks and I want it done by tomorrow, I'll say, yeah, that's, you're going to be disappointed. Let's not even talk further. However, if someone will give me the month it takes and the fifty to $200,000 it will cost to buy and integrate all those materials, then it's a very intelligent investment, and they're going to get exactly what they want. So it's, it's very much about um, really knowing, it sounds like it's knowing who you are first and knowing your personality and your makeup, because for some people, being more traditional or more in the role of maybe relationship the way it was 50 years ago works. For other people, it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. If, if, if you are content and feel great about a traditional relationship in all of its ups and downs, then 
that you're going to be very satisfied connecting with someone and and you know making it work and uh, you know doing the best that you can and knowing there'll be ups and downs. It's the it's the gap of expecting this exceptional magical relationship to just happen by itself without doing the work that tends to create the frustration. Now, you talk about stepping outside the box, which is what we were just mentioning, and expanding the definition of what is traditionally considered a relationship. So explain that a little further. Yeah, well, when we all have a, you know, a cultural backdrop that if someone comes up to us and says, I'd like to be in relationship with you, what we tend to think they mean is that they want to go through a, a certain amount of a courting phase and see how things work and then if you if things work out you move in together and uh, consider yourself an official relationship and if that goes on for a while then uh, one of the success milestones is do you get married and then uh, a milestone may or may not be do you have kids and how long are you together and and do you die in old age? And mm. there are a lot of relationships in which, by a different measure, you could say, well, connecting in some way with this person would bring a lot more well-being, a lot more growth, whatever it is that that individual values, than pain or uh, taking, you know, than what it takes away. And those relationships are often not considered because they don't fit that paradigm. The, the thought is, oh, I wouldn't want to have kids with this person or um, we're, we're, we're different ages, so I don't see us dying together, so I'm not going to even talk to this person. So stepping outside the box is stepping outside of the traditional picture of an idyllic relationship to examine with this person and this person, is there some way that we can dramatically increase the value in each other's lives by, by collaborating, by creating something that is bigger than either of us, but is not necessarily in any box of something we've seen before or even exists between any other person. It's about what's true for us. Now, you mentioned doing relationships backwards. What do you mean? Well, uh, I was referring to my what I've personally found to work in some of my relationships. And um, so in a traditional relationship, you put on your good behavior and you, uh, you know, spend time trying to impress the other person. You don't confront anything difficult. And uh, over time... Things emerge and problems start, you know, you, you end up stepping on each other's toes in some sensitive areas you didn't really know existed. And then you go into either a breakup or a stalemate of dissatisfaction, or then you get to work proactive or more reactively to go to therapy to do what you can do to repair the damage. And so that would be a normal mm-hmm. relationship. So doing it backwards, um, on a first date, I might ask someone, what are some of the most painful experiences you've had in 
your relationship history and, and which of those might come up in a date scenario so I can be more sensitive to your sore spots. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, since I don't know anything really about you at this point, what are some of the peak experiences that you've had in friendship and relationship and are there some ways that you might want to consciously create this date in a way that is going to be closer to a peak experience and steers around uh, some of the sensitive areas that you're coming in with. Uh, I might also ask someone uh, in, the, in the first you know, 12 hours of spending time with them to talk about things like, what does ideal love look like for them? Mm-hmm. What creates the most value? Having these kinds of conversations up front rather than three to six months down the road, also telling someone as I listen to them, as I get, you know, if, if someone, for example, says that um, I, 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 I have an inferiority complex or uh, I, I feel very uncomfortable around uh, articulate men, it, it reminds me of my father, etc., then I would bring that up. I, I would say, okay, so, so well... what you're saying is put your... I don't want to use the word baggage, Dane, but put your, your issues on the table in, in the beginning. Exactly. And, and, and get it out of the way. Exactly. So that's, that's definitely an element of doing it backwards as well as being willing to do the work. Sometimes I will say, you know, we don't really need therapy at the moment, but I can see that there's some areas that it's probably going to be useful to us. So rather than letting stuff accumulate, why don't we proactively seek out whether it's another couple that wants to support us as a couple buddy and and form a a supportive relationship or start therapy as a fun growth process to preempt painful growth processes later on. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, my guest today is Dane Colby. And Dane Colby is a relationship coach and a well-being coach. He's the author of 101 Choices on My Path to Well-Being and Maps to Love. And we're talking about relationships and how we navigate them. And uh, next we're going to talk about how... How do you deal with loneliness and how can you, you know, use a roadmap to finding love? And what are some of the things that you need to do to really understand your partner, resolving conflict, and, uh, and being conscious about it all? You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to get freed up? 
Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And my guest today is Dane Colby, and he's a practicing relationship and well-being coach. He encourages clients to seek personal fulfillment by honoring their desires in Conscious Win-Win Relationships. Dane is also the author of 101 Choices on My Path to Well-Being and the Maps to Love. And Welcome back, Dane. Thank you. And how can people find you? Uh, discoveryourgifts.net and mapstolove.com are two websites. Okay. What is your recipe for a good relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, my my personal recipe begins by looking at the analogy of of building a house together. And when when you build a house, it doesn't begin with frilly paint and lighting fixtures. It begins by uh, looking at where to place it in its environment, how big, laying you know cutting out the trenches for the foundation and putting in some solid work up front so that at the end you have something that will endure in all of the stormy weather that is bound to happen over the years. So for me, what I look for are, first of all, partners that that make sense to, you know, that they're not looking for a, a, a magical live happily ever after without any conscious effort, style of relating, I look for someone that expects to invest. 
And then I look, I begin by examining our raw materials. I have, you know, 20 hours of quality time a week. I can contribute to this relationship without other important areas of my life falling apart. What do you have? I have this amount of money so that we can invest in doing some development work so that we can take trips in the year, so that we can do this. I have this kind of flexible schedule. What works for you? What can you bring to the table? And this is what I value. These are the kinds of experiences that I really want to cultivate in our relationship. What are the kinds of experiences that you would like to create? And what I'm looking for is cohesion between the desires and the capacities. If someone wants to have a a relationship that focuses on exceptional communication and speaking and listening is difficult for them and they have very little time and very little energy and no money to take courses on excellent communication, the the first thing to bring up is it, it doesn't look like the goal is fitting with the, the logistics. So what do we want to do with that? Is there another way that we want to relate? We want to change the goal. Is there a way that we can adjust the reality to be supportive of that goal? I look for someone that's able and willing to have that kind of a dialogue. And then as we do have that dialogue, it becomes evident, you know, in the first 12 hours or so of talking in that way, how much of a fit is there? And for me, the win-win is, includes the idea of supporting one another and connecting elsewhere if, you know, going back to the house analogy, if someone is showing up with a lot of materials for a modern piece of architecture, but what, what I'm actually wanting is a very rustic cottage, for example. And that's, that conversation is my recipe for a great relationship because even if there's a, a conscious and kind decision not to proceed around that, to me that is a, success, is a success. And in the very process of having that conversation with another exceptional human being, there's more awareness of what it's like to be in the world with another, with, through this other person's eyes, and there's more clarity in myself of what it is I truly want and why. Dane, when people come to you, when they come to you for counseling uh, as a single person, do they come because they're looking for love, because they're frustrated? I mean, wh- what, what do you find are the major issues that they come to you for? Well, we're going to get to this a little bit later, but uh, I'm what I would call a highly sensitive person, and I often attract people who have an unusual sensitivity in some area. So I would say that the the biggest thing that people come to me around is an uncertainty of how to work with their sensitivity and turn it into a real asset in their life. And relationships are often a key focus for everyone around well-being. So I would say that people come to me with a desire to have more excellent relationships and a desire to feel better about themselves. And often that centers around how to work with an unusually sensitive aspect in who they are. 
And, you know, for highly sensitive people, um, as you said, it, it, I, am, I am an HSP, so I understand what that is, and that there's a test for people who are highly sensitive. And we'll go into that in a minute, but for highly sensitive people, um, it's a blessing in one end because they're so compassionate and sensitive and pick up a lot, but sometimes highly sensitive people, and I'm speaking for myself, can almost pick up too much, or someone else wouldn't pick up what I pick up, and maybe I didn't need to pick that up. What do you think? Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the analogy that I use around sensitivity is a microphone. And if you imagine a microphone on an infinite spectrum of sensitivity, if you're trying to pick up a human voice a few inches away, having that microphone just sensitive enough to pick up everything about that voice but not so sensitive as to pick up every sound in the whole room would be the ideal microphone for that particular function. Mm-hmm. As an emotional sensitive microphone where you're picking up feelings in another person. The ideal sensitivity might be to be sensitive enough to fully know what we are feeling and sensitive enough to relate to and have some sense of what the other person is feeling, uh, but not necessarily be so sensitive in most situations that we feel everything that the other person is feeling to the same degree that that person is feeling them, or in a wider sense, feel everything that the entire room is feeling in excruciating detail. So for one human mind, um, it's going to be torture to have in most rooms, because there's, you know, in a, in a typical breakdown of of people, there's a lot of discontent and discord going on around in the world, and so picking all that up is going to be a painful experience. On the other hand, uh, if you are trying to pick up an earthquake tremor and are, you know, in a role of being a protector or a guard against danger, having the sensitivity that's going to pick that earthquake tremor up when nobody else does becomes a strong asset. There's an asset and a value mm-hmm. to the community. So a lot of whether a sensitivity is considered positive or negative has to do with the environment it's exposed to and what it's being used for. And a lot of people are coming into the world. There's, about, there's up to 20% of the population that has some degree of exaggerated sensitivity relative to the other 80%. Uh, but when we treat ourselves exactly the same, when we are a very, very fine microphone, picking up every sound, have no control over that sensitivity, and are then putting ourselves out into the, the normal uh, culture without any adaptation, it's very much a reverb can set up, and it can sound like a screech where a microphone is just too close to the amplifier and... and it's just a horrendous experience. And in those situations, ironically, the most sensitive people can start to behave the most insensitively because they're the only one hearing that screech of that you know, reverb in the, in the mic mm-hmm. uh, and amplifier analogy. They're hearing that, and all they can think of is, I've got to cover my ears, I've got to get out of here, and they can end up behaving socially, 
quote, inappropriately. You know, why did they just dash out of the room like that? What, what's, what's that look on their face as if they're in, in pain? Why aren't they looking me in the eye, etc.? So there's, it's a very big question, and it, it's, it's a whole quite thorough conversation to look at how can our sensitivity help us and also uh, what to do when that sensitivity is actually a cause of a lot of stress and problems. So it, 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 if you feel that, this is where you might get some help so that you're able to um, be able to act really appropriately for the situation. Right, right, yeah. For me, for example, I've made an effort to notice what my stimulation threshold is. When, when is just the right stimulation amount coming in that I can process it all and, and respond effectively? And when, it, when does it start to be too much so that I'm either going to start feeling discomfort or pain or not going to be at my best? And part of my responsibility as a sensitive person is to structure my environment and structure the way that I do my life so that I'm not overloading mm -hmm. myself in areas that I'm unusually sensitive. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to Dane Colby, and Dane Colby is a relationship coach, and his brand-new book is 101 Choices on My Path, The Well-Being, and Maps to Love. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. 1 866 472 5787. And ask our all star team to answer your question. That's 1 866 472 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. 
Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We're talking about relationships. My guest today is Dane Colby, and he's a relationship coach. And his new book is 101 Choices on My Path to Well-Being. And his other book is Maps to Love. Um, Jane, you were saying in the break, and I'm fascinated by this, you were talking about niche relationships. Now, do you mean by that that you have more than one relationship where somebody fulfills oh, the artistic side of you, somebody fulfills uh, the educational side of you? I mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, a niche relationship is uh, is helpful in in particular in this culture where we want everything. You know, we want someone that can have the kind of conversations we want. We want someone that connects with us sexually in the way that we find most satisfying. We want someone that shares our faith. We want someone that uh, enjoys doing the kinds of things that we do, but not just the kinds of things that we do them, but in the way and in the amount of intensity. If we're a traveler uh, and one of us has the time and ability to go on a two- to three-week trip and the other person, it's more two to three days is about tops. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have these, this uh, vivid imagination and this desire for this ideal relationship that brings all of this under one roof or, or with one specific person and most of what I see around single people is they are alone and living a small, a very small percentage of that potential because they haven't found one person who can be all of that. Mm-hmm. And so there's a waiting process. And I've gone through that waiting process myself at times and realized that for me, partly because I see relationships as a growing learning process where there's many skills to learn and the best way to learn them like riding a bike is actually get on a bike and start pedaling and get get comfortable and find the balance points and stay toned in those inner muscles so for me i will always choose to develop multiple niche relationships rather than wait for the one and only in, in an indefinite Mm-hmm. In a holding pattern, and that can be done in a variety of ways, but it be- always begins with a you know an honest conversation with someone about where the win win is in that co- in that particular relationship. Now, this can be done in a way where, uh, on a very conscious and negotiated love level, there are more than one sexual partners. But it can also be done in a sense where uh, you simply say, okay, you, you have a great 
more of a romantic lover relationship with this person here, and they really have time and space for that on Tuesday evenings after yoga to, and then Thursday afternoons after work and then sometimes on a weekend. And then on you know, Wednesdays you get together and have more uh, abstract and spiritual discussions with another friend. Uh, you can go traveling with a traveling buddy or traveling friend um, and use that as a time to take a break from one's partner. Mm. And what I look for is, in all of this, where's the strongest win-win all around? Mm. It's always ideal from my perspective, just because it's, in a sense, more efficient. You don't have to spend as much time driving, scheduling, and all of that the more of that you find in one person. Mm -hmm. However, I often believe that one can prepare for the one and only better by developing some practice in the same way that on a career path you don't just jump into the CEO position. You might often start by occupying roles within your company that help give you a feel for all the different environments and situations that can come up. So what you're saying is that if you don't find the one person, mm-hmm. that you may have different people who will fulfill those needs. So you might have two or three people. But what about the sexual part now? I mean, is that more than one person or is that one person? It depends on the, on the dynamic. For me, I operate within a framework of win-win and uh, transparency. So, for example, I've had very good monogamous relationships at times where it felt like, you know, 80% of the, of, you know, what drew us together was a really good fit and, uh, you know, and, and where there was a sense of deep sexual fulfillment in the relationship. And so there was, uh, you know, no, no need for it to be a non-monogamous relationship and, and then have platonic niche relationships in other areas where you don't quite fit. In other situations where, for example, this has come up a few times for me, I've connected very strongly romantically with someone, but their, their schedule work-wise and travel-wise literally meant that they would feel pressured if we spent more than two days together in any capacity. And I found that as a sexual lover, that part of me didn't feel fulfilled in, in spending two sometimes hurried you know, days a week together. And so in those situations, if there's a really good fit, uh, I might approach them and say, um, we can either separate or... Uh, we can understand that since this isn't an ideal fit for me, this may be more of a growing or an interim relationship, and either I will you know, still be dating because this isn't as intense as I would like a relationship to be, or that when we are not together for our scheduled times and taking into account all of the important safe sex information, uh, I may be having other lovers in those days that we are apart, does that work for you? Now, if it works for that specific person a lot more than disengaging or making more room in their calendar, then that would be considered a win-win 
for as long as it lasted. So it's whatever works for the two people is what you're saying. Exactly. And, of course, if there is another lover involved, it has to work for them as well. So it's, it's about a very conscious and candid discussion about what works for all involved. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a few minutes left. So let's talk about um, just what you feel in a relationship are the right ingredients. I mean, of course, compatibility, same interests. But as a coach, what you find you deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's, there's actually, I'm, I'm working on a new book right now on uh, the kind of mechanisms of chemistry, the forces that create chemistry and pull us apart. One of them is, and, and there's some areas that need to be very similar, one of them is the pace of decision-making. If one person makes decisions in a kind of once the once the information is on the table like do we want to take this particular trip for this amount of money at this date should we do it there will tend to be uh, a pace around which we make decisions which for some pers- people they might be in a in a uh, 5 second to 5 minute range where they chat it over and say yeah let's do it and the momentum is there by acting on that and setting it in motion and moving forward. It's like uh, the speed we're driving on the, on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Another person may need to think about that for a week, uh, and then they know. And when, when the gap in decision-making speed gets too big, where one person is in the comfortable one- to five-minute range and the other person is in the comfortable one-day-to-a-week range, that gap puts tremendous strain in the same way that if two people are walking and one's walking at one mile an hour and one wants to walk at five miles an hour, there will be a frustration because we're not able to both go at our, at our normal kind of stretching, comfortable, alive pace. So that's one thing that I think is, is very important to look at in relationship chemistry. Uh, another is the degree of affection. That is that both people want. In other words, if someone is very naturally affectionate and likes to hold hands or put their arm around the other, maybe three or four times during a day, and you know when they're out to eat, and someone else, uh, they're much more standoffish, except in the bedroom from time to time. Mm-hmm. That's another area, of, and that can cause a real issue. Absolutely, it can. And so the biggest thing that I want to say is that there are. We are more complex, and there are more variables than we give ourselves credit Mm -hmm. for, than we often consider. And so looking at as many areas as possible and talking about them. What about personality tests? Do you think that that helps? I think that personality tests tend to create probable tendencies in chemistry. But, for example, I've never found a personality test that is as helpful as just telling a person how I tend to function and, and, and be in daily life and in relationship. And I think that's my approach is actually to use kind of a film script mode where I might 
walk a partner through a specific memory of mine and sh- in intimate detail and talk about how long it took for this to happen, how, how, I, how I behaved in this way and in that way, why, and then invite them to do the same so that we can uh, imagine one another or what it might be like to be in each other's ideal movies. And the more nuanced that is, the more we can see, can I see myself playing that character or are you describing in your ideal uh, partner a character that just simply I have no desire to play? All right. Closing thoughts, Dane. Uh, Closing thoughts in terms of what you would like our listeners today. What is your message about positive relationships that work for us? Yeah. Well, I think the, the most important message is don't make assumptions that you are like or not like anyone else. In it, in, and to take that a little further, don't even assume that individual people are that much like other people. In one way, we are species of one. We are so unique in the way that we think and feel and our relationship with spirit and our bodies and the way that we function in the world and even our perception of truth, that to approach another human being as if we were going to Japan and being open to that this is, there's a whole other culture over here that does things that make perfect sense to them for very different reasons than we may ever be able to relate to. And to have that kind of respect and also reverence and just discover, to take the time to learn who is this culture over here? How did it come into existence? How does it serve this person? And how can I relate? That, for me, is the beginning of a long and uh, beautiful conversation that helps to expand our sense of who we are and what relationships can be. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you so much, Dane. And people can write you at? At Dane Easter, D-A-N-E-E-A-S-T-E-R, at Comcast.net. Okay. And the websites again are? Discoveryourgifts.net. That's for highly sensitive people. And for uh, others wanting exceptional relationship, mapstolove.com. Thank you. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. All right, until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.